Here's today's transformational truth. Comfort can take you captive. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Here's today's transformational truth. Comfort can take you captive. Okay, so we're continuing the seventh part in our series, Seven Deadly Thoughts, based on my book. And today we're going to learn how to conquer the seventh deadly thought that will attempt to limit your life. Okay, here's the thought. If it were God's will, it would be easy. (laughs) The danger of believing this, this lie that if it's God's will, it would be easy, is that we will attempt to define and discern the will of God based on what I call the three elements of a counterfeit calling. Here's the three elements. Write these down. Okay. Number one, comfort. Number two, cash. Number three, convenience. Comfort, cash, and convenience. Can I tell you something? Sadly, far too often, I've observed that if we don't have at least two of the three will often dismiss the true and perfect will of God as being the counterfeit. But listen, if cash, comfort, and convenience are the true litmus test for being in the will of God, then somebody has got to do some explaining, okay? Somebody's got to explain some some scripture to me. I mean, I need help understanding Acts chapter 16, for example, where Paul and Silas were unjustly locked in the deepest, darkest part of prison after being beaten for declaring the word of God. Okay, if, if cash, comfort, and convenience are the proof of God's will, then somebody has to explain to me the stoning of Stephen in Acts chapter 7. He was just declaring the gospel. And obviously, I mean, somebody would definitely have to explain the cross of Calvary, where Jesus was crucified, clearly in the perfect will of the Father. Oh my goodness, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 is probably one of the richest examples of this, this, this concept. The Apostle Paul who was fulfilling the call of God in his life, declared that he had endured some incredible challenges along the way. Let me list a few of them for you. Paul said that he had been whipped and put into prison so many times that he lost count. Okay, And then he goes on to say that does not include, (laughs) these are Paul's words, the five times that Jewish leaders gave him 39 lashes uh, with the whip or three times that he was beaten with rods. Okay, So that was like in a different category for Paul. It doesn't include uh, the time that he was dragged out of the city and stoned until they thought he was dead. Okay, Paul said that his own friends, people that he thought were his friends, were were slandering him. Uh, People were threatening him. He had gone without food. He had gone without clothing and sleep. All the while, Paul is in the perfect will of God. Listen to me carefully. You'll never fulfill destiny if you quit every time you encounter difficulty. Paul endured all of that adversity and disappointment and frustration and, yes, pain, but the entire time he's in the will of God. As a matter of fact, did you know there's not a record, a single record in all of Scripture where Paul is ever questioning whether or not this is God's call on his life? Now, I'm not suggesting he was superhuman 
or that he wasn't tempted to throw in the towel ever. Uh, But in the end, he never retreated from God's call despite all of the adversity. In fact, at the end of his ministry, he actually wrote, and I quote, I finished my race, I kept the faith. He felt the frustration in the hard days, just like you and I. But he kept his focus on the prize that was set before him. Okay, let's take this a little bit further to understand the importance of this concept, that that this lie, if it were God's will, it will be easy, works so hard to keep us from God's will for our lives and our destiny and our purpose and that place of knowing we're making an impact. This is so vital because the Bible actually tells us that Paul was shipwrecked three times, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now, now listen. It doesn't say that the sail on the boat blew off three times. It does not say that the engine ran out of gas three times. Okay, he was literally shipwrecked. That means that the ship was wrecked three times. He was in a storm so bad that the ship was literally lost at sea and he faced the danger of drowning. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, three separate and distinct times. And and yet... Whenever the thought that this must not be God's will, because, man, if this was God's will, I, you know, it would be easier than this. I, I wouldn't be getting shipwrecked. I, I wouldn't be going through this three separate times. Clearly, God is speaking to me. No, 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 no. He never once says, hmm, did I hear God wrong? On the contrary, let me explain to you how this works, okay? Paul went through a bad storm. He was shipwrecked. Almost cost him his life. He does it again. Uh, Paul went through another storm. He was shipwrecked. It almost cost him his life. He did it again. Paul went through another storm. He was shipwrecked. Almost cost him his life. He finally arrives at his destination. Oh my goodness. Listen, for some of you listening to this message, your destiny lies in dormancy, not because God has forsaken you, but because you quit after the first shipwreck. Because you're convinced that it was supposed to be easy at some point along the way, This lie, this attractive, seductive lie that if it were God's will, it must be easy. Sort of set up camp in your mind. And so you just stop because it didn't go well one time. You tried it one time and it didn't work. You you tried a relationship one time and it didn't work. You tried marriage once before and it didn't work. You tried to plant a church once before and it didn't work. You you tried to start your own LLC or business before and it didn't work. You, You thought you were supposed to do it. You tried it. It didn't work out. So you quit. Oh. And you're wondering now, what am I supposed to do? And you feel like you're kind of in limbo because it's not easy. And you stop stop pursuing that for which God called you to. And the problem is that you don't have destiny. It's just that it lies in dormancy because, because you believe that you missed it. Listen to me. We say, I must have heard God wrong. Or we say the timing must have been off, right? But in reality, God never promised that it would be easy. And just because you encountered some adversity doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. And it doesn't mean you heard God wrong. It doesn't mean the timing was off. My goodness, ladies and gentlemen, when you you contrast this tenacity of the Apostle Paul and and the way we see Christ in Paul with, with the reasons that we often quit today, with the reasons I see leaders quitting today, gifted men and women, whether it's leading in their family, leading at work, or leading in ministry... I see people quit. They're like, hey, listen, if it was the will of God, then everyone would agree with me. (laughs) Or if it was the will of God, then everybody would like me. If it was the will of God, then there would be no delays. Everything would go so smoothly if it were God's will. 
Now listen, I do believe that if it's God's will, it's God's bill, but that doesn't mean he always pays the bill up front. Sometimes the test of faith is whether or not you believe him when you can't see him. Will you trust him when you can't trace him? It's never once recorded where Paul thought about changing the game plan because when it came to fulfilling the will of God for his life, Paul lived by a different set of rules. And I'm not talking about cash and convenience and comfort. No, he lived by a different set of what I call the three C's of destiny. Write these down. Okay. C number one, the call. For the Apostle Paul, the call of God was enough. Oh, goodness. One word from God on the Damascus Road was enough for the Apostle Paul to walk away from everything without a guarantee of anything. And oftentimes we hear God's call and we put off the call by saying, well, I'm waiting for a confirmation, right? And then we get one and then we wait for another confirmation, right? And then, and then we wait for another and then for another and then for another. Listen, in reality, we're not always waiting for confirmation. We're waiting for someone to promise us that it will be easy. When I received the call to my first pastorate, to pastor my first church, it was in a small town about an hour away from where I lived. Uh, there were at that time about 14 uh, beautiful people that attended that, con that small congregation. The church had no budget. They, they had no means to pay me a salary. As a matter of fact, um, they couldn't afford the gas that it took for me to drive there and back twice a week for Sunday and Wednesday. And then, of course, I would drive back other times for meetings or, or counseling sessions. Uh, there was no financial resources to speak of. <clears throat> in, in fact, <clears throat> when the overseer called me and said, hey, we think you're the pastor to pastor this church. Um, it's a true story. I said, well, let me pray about it. And he said, well, pray about it and call me in the morning with your answer. That's a, <laughs> that's a true story. And um, <clears throat> when he began to explain to me the situation of the church, I, I literally asked him not to tell me about the financial situation of the church. Here's why. I did not want the financial situation of the church to impact my decision. I wanted to decide to go or not to go based upon one thing. What is the will of God? Okay, Not whether or not they had a housing allowance, not whether or not they could pay me a, a, a decent salary, not whether or not I even had insurance for my family. Nope, I didn't ask any of those questions. I wanted to know one thing. Father, is this your will? And I don't want this other issue of resources, of cash and comfort and convenience to impact my decision. I just need to hear God. Because let me tell you what I've discovered in my own life. I've discovered that the best place to be is God's will. That's it, bottom line. And God's will is always going to be home. And when I am willing to trust God by faith, I've discovered I will experience God in ways I've never experienced Him before. And that's exactly what happened. I ended up answering that call, going to this church. They could not afford to pay me to go to this church. I quit my job. At that time, I was making about $65,000 a year. Um, I always tell people, um, you know, uh, I know we're supposed to cling to the old rugged cross, but Blue Cross is nice too sometimes, right? I had, I had full medical insurance. Um, I had a pension plan. I, I had um, uh, life insurance benefit. I had a 401, matching 401k plan. I walked away from all of that to pastor a 
church that could not afford to pay for my gas to get there. Why? Because of the call of God. And let me tell you something. The next seven years of pastoring that church, I did not have medical insurance. But over the next seven years, I watched God supernaturally heal my family. I watched God supernaturally provide for my family for uh, uh, med medical prescriptions. I watched God supernaturally make a way financially for my family when there was a need uh, medically. God supernaturally worked on my behalf. I saw more incredible miracles in those seven years than I'd probably ever seen at any other time previously in my life. Okay, because we said yes to the call, God was faithful. And within about two weeks of making the decision to step away from my job to say yes to this call, I had somebody walk up to me and hand me a check for $5,000. They said, God spoke to me. They told me to give you this. And he said that this is going to get you started. I don't know what it means, but this is, this is what God told me to do. Uh, within two more weeks, uh, somebody said, uh, hey, we've got a house in the, in the city. Um, it's empty. Uh, we want you to live in it rent-free. Um, it's just yours. So literally, and uh, I think if I remember correctly, it was a 3,000 square foot house. So literally within two weeks of saying yes to the call, uh, God financially showed me faithfulness and God created a place for us to live. We literally went from quitting a $65,000 a year job to pastor a church that couldn't pay for my gas to get there. And within those two weeks, we had a place to live um, and we had uh, some extra money in the bank. I'm trying to tell you something. Don't ignore the call of God because you don't have the, the promise of cash, comfort, or convenience. Because if you wait for cash, comfort, and convenience, you're going to miss some of the greatest manifestations of God, present of His, of His power and His presence moving on your behalf, and, and getting to know the faithful God, getting to know the God who called you in a supernatural way. Don't fear the call. The call is its own gift. Okay. The second C of destiny is cost. Listen, answering the call is going to cost you something. And let me be clear, I'm not talking about your salvation. Jesus paid the price for your salvation. I'm talking about those other three C's, okay? There are seasons of you walking in your calling where it's going to cost you comfort. Absolutely. There are seasons of you walking out your calling. It's going to cost you convenience. Absolutely. And yes, it's going to cost you cash. But the investment you make of those other three C's is nothing compared to the harvest you will receive. Let me say that again. The investment you make by answering the call is nothing compared to the harvest that you will receive, I promise you, because God is faithful. It won't always feel convenient to say yes to the call. It won't always feel comfortable to say yes to the call. But sowing those seeds of trust by following the lead of the Holy Spirit will always produce a harvest that's significantly greater than the seeds that you sowed. Oh my goodness. This is a kingdom principle. You'll eventually reap a 30, 60, or 100-fold harvest, I promise you. I've walked it out. I've lived it out. I've, I've, I, I know too many men and women of God who have answered the call and have the exact same testimony. They've reaped the 30, 60, 100-fold harvest. Okay. Three seeds of destiny. The first two are calling. The second one is cost. And the third one, this is vital. The first two can't happen without the third one. Are you ready for this? Commitment. Okay, listen. Without commitment, at the first sign of adversity, I'll retreat from destiny. Because without commitment, we'll always interpret difficulty as God's disapproval. Yeah. And then we'll spiritualize our quitting by, by labeling difficulty as a closed door. Okay. Did you hear all of that? Let me go back to the top and read that one more time. Without commitment, at the first sign of adversity, we'll retreat from destiny. 
Okay, because we'll interpret difficulty as God's disapproval, and we'll spiritualize our quitting by labeling difficulty a closed door. <laughs> okay, listen, it's not that you're facing a closed door. It's that the enemy has lied to you and told you that open doors equal easy doors. Can I tell you something? That's not what the Word of God has to say about open doors. As a matter of fact, let's get back to the Apostle Paul, who actually describes open doors for us. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, words of Paul, there's an amazing door of opportunity standing wide open for me to minister, even though there are many who oppose and stand against me. Oh, goodness, did you hear that? Paul said that sometimes open doors are marked by opposition. That's incredible. Paul saw the opposition and never one time thought, hmm, I wonder if it's God's will. I mean, if it were God's will, it would be easy and there wouldn't be all of these people opposing me. I mean, open doors should be easy doors. No, 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 no. Paul saw these two things as being uh, synonymous. He, he said open doors oftentimes bring with it opposition. Open doors oftentimes equal opposition. And oftentimes we see an open door, but we call it closed because opposition stands in the doorway. Some of us are postponing our purpose because we won't commit ourselves to this process. Okay. To tear down the stronghold of comfort, we need to begin by giving ourselves the following truth. Okay. There is always purpose in your pain. Your discomfort is not evidence that your calling and purpose have changed. It's evidence that God is increasing your capacity for impact. Let me say that one more time, because if you're going to confront the stronghold of comfort, you have to know the following truth. There's, there's always going to be purpose in your pain. God redeems everything. And your discomfort is not evidence that your calling or your purpose has changed. It's evidence that God is increasing your capacity for impact. Okay. The, the Apostle Peter described it this way in 1 Peter 5.10. He said, After you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Wow. God said it, it will be hard for a little bit, time to time. But every time it's hard, here's, here's what Peter said. We need to know that, that God, the God of all grace, who called you in that difficulty is perfecting, confirming you, he's strengthening you, and he's establishing you. You know what he's doing? He's increasing your capacity for impact. Yeah. I've discovered this to be true in my own life. I've discovered that painful seasons are often the perfecting seasons. It's, it's God. He's, he's increasing the capacity of your heart. You know, And you're going to emerge on the other side of this with some stretch marks on your heart, but that is good. It's a good thing because God is preparing you to step into your purpose. Okay, it's in the season that God will use adversity, not to get you to quit on your destiny, but to get you to quit on your false identity. Oof. Let me say it again. It's in this season that God will redeem the adversity, not to get you to quit on destiny, but to get you to quit on your false identity. Listen, I have discovered he's using this season to perfect my identity in Christ. He's confirming your identity in Christ. He's strengthening your identity in Christ, and he is establishing your identity in Christ. Because if you don't discover your identity before destiny, you'll try to get it from your destiny. Absolutely true, and that's devastating. Okay, but your value and identity don't come from what God called you to. It comes from the one who called you to it. 
Let me read 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 from the Passion Translation one last time. And then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you, you, to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you, make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place, and he will personally build you up. What a promise. Don't leave your place before God sets you firmly in place. If you'd like to grab your own copy of Seven Deadly Thoughts, you can find it online at Amazon. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go to Apple iTunes, rate the show, and write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.